We have somebody on the line that we have had before. Uh, she, when she called in last summer, I believe it was, or she came in person actually. She was the campaign manager for the winning Senate state senatorial campaign of Kelly Morrison, and now she works as the legislative assistant to Kelly Morrison, Raina Meyer. Hi, Raina. Hi, Todd. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, yes. It's so nice to hear your voice again. It's so good to hear yours as well. Happy to be here. Great. Yeah. Uh, So you just flew in this morning from Washington, D.C., which makes you sound like a super busy political person, which you are. But (laughs) you told me that you just went there for vacation. So you're such a crazy uh, um, sort of political addict that when you take a vacation and try and get away from politics, you take your vacation in Washington, D.C. Is that correct? <laughs> that That is, you know, when you put it that way, I hadn't quite realized um, how how on the nose it was for, for me to go to D.C. during the legislative break, escaping politics for more politics. Yeah. But, um, it was it was it was cool to see the monuments and and experience some warmth ahead of ahead of time here in Minnesota. Yeah, this is a great time to go to DC. I I love DC too. Um I mean, you don't it you don't have to be immersed in politics, but uh I like all the historic like the in the Capitol they have really cool uh, displays and go through historical United States history. They even have like a a model 3D map of what D.C. was like, you know, in like 1804 or something. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've seen all that stuff, but I love all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Even in Georgetown, just like little plaques all over the place giving some background on the old buildings. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, well, what I think is interesting about you is I've gotten to know you fairly well over the last five years or so. You also worked on Kelly's very first campaign. I believe I met you when I was even still her campaign manager. And and when I was her mm-hmm. campaign manager, I told her, uh, my main thing I'm going to do for you as your campaign manager is try and find you a better campaign manager. So it was even before I had you know, fi- well, actually, she found her own better campaign manager. I even failed in that. But um, I was still campaign manager, so it was very early in the very first Kelly Morrison campaign. You were extremely young, as you still are. And tell us about what your uh, experience and title was at that time. Sure. Yeah. So I was a junior, uh, just finished my junior year of high school when I got involved with, uh, Kelly's first house race in 2018. And, um, I just, I just heard about her campaign, uh, through an alum of the Minnesota Youth Council. And I, I had just really started to get engaged in, in, in politics on a deeper level. And I wanted to experience what real grassroots organizing was like. And that's what Kelly's campaign was and still is all about is door knocking, having town halls, just really being open and, and receptive to constituent concerns. So I was an intern in 2018 and did a lot of door knocking, and um, it, was, it was a wonderful experience. And then you moved up to where and when in her campaign? Yeah, so uh, the next year in 2019, I became her intern coordinator. Um, so I served in that capacity for 2019 and 2020, and then she promoted me to campaign manager in 2022. Yeah, and you won that campaign. Yeah, we did. Yeah, I don't think 
I think the last time when I was on here, we hadn't won yet. So it's really, really right. great to be able to come back and and really say that, that we are victorious. Yes, and since she changed from being a House member in the southern dis- part of the uh, senatorial district, which is more blue than the northern mm-hmm. part, like where I ran back years and years, and years ago, um, yeah. since she took over the whole Senate district, she moved into very red areas like St. Bonifacius, a place that I've always known about. Like my dad's uncle used to live there, so I actually was there when I was a little kid. And even when I was a little kid, I was scared of the place because it seemed like <laughs> it seems, still seems like an old Western gun town. And um, mm-hmm. there is an old gun shop right on Main Street. I mean, I've I've always been kind of felt like okay, I can't I can't even drive my car through here, or somebody's going to beat me up or shoot me. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> That's how I felt my whole life. And and right now, that town has Kelly Morrison, a Democrat, as their Senate a representative in Minnesota. So mm-hmm. quite an incredible campaign. And this time, did, she won by like, how, how many, nine points? Or more 12. than that. 12.2. That's, yeah. that's a pretty huge win. And it's, it's really incredible. Kelly Morrison being the first Democrat ever in the history of not just the district or the state of Minnesota or the United States, but in fact, the universe, the history of the universe, the first Democrat ever to be elected in this area back in 2018, and now she is my Senate representative. I've never had, you know, I, and I've said this a few times last week, but I've lived in this area for about three quarters of my life, and mm-hmm. for those three quarters of my life, I have never had a Democrat represent me in St. Paul. Wow. Until Kelly. Because you— yeah helped her win her campaign. So how how complicated and difficult was it? Did you feel like you had grown into the role enough that you kind of kind of felt comfortable or or was it kind of were there points where it was completely daunting? Uh what was the process of changing so quickly from being, you know, a high school kid uh door knocking for a campaign and then just a few years later, being her winning campaign manager for a Senate race. Yeah, um, it, you know, you mentioned a lot of things that I felt, you know, the sense of the the daunting kind of feeling and, and the feeling of just pure joy. There was there was a lot of ups and downs. Um, but I think I think when I accepted her her offer to be campaign manager, I um I wasn't aware of how much of it was really just rooted in human interaction. Um, and that, that goes to having conversations with people at the doors. But I think another really overlooked quality of, um, of good political organizers is their ability to connect with volunteers and yeah. campaign staff and other candidates and interns and all of those things. Um, and something that really brings me joy in politics is just being able to inspire people to action in the way that I was, um, largely by Kelly when I first started out door knocking. And, um, and so something that I'm really grateful that I got to do was just connect with volunteers, connect with other young people that we recruited as interns. Um, our group of about 15 interns gets so much credit for um for our victory our campaign ended up knocking on nearly 80,000 doors in total and they were really the machine behind that and then just so many 
really passionate, really good-hearted volunteers who gave their time and energy to the campaign. So um, they're really, they are really, and Kelly, of course, just with the joy and conviction that she led with, um, they all, they all deserve so much credit. And there were, of course, moments where, you know, with fundraising, that's always, that's always an interesting game, especially when you're young like me and, and don't have a lot of experience in, in that side of things. That can be daunting, but I think the human connection uh, really kind of trumps over all of that. Yeah, my experience when I became a candidate 10 years ago, more than, 10, oh man, uh, more than 10 years ago, almost 12 years ago now, uh, all that stuff was really daunting. And back in those days, we didn't have all of the volunteers that we do now in this district. It was basically me, <laughs> and mm-hmm. and I did all my own door knocking and fundraising. And um, But you start to learn... Wow that people want to help you. So I learned pretty quickly, and now I help other people with this in a bunch of different uh, ways. Not so much now as I did over the last 10 years, but I like to think of myself as being kind of retired from the whole thing now (laughs) because I've had Mm -hmm. uh, quite a lot of it. And and, um, you you realize that people want to – they want to help you any way they can, you know, that's why yeah. you say, you know, if you can if you can only give me 5 bucks, that's great. That'll help me more than 0 bucks. And right. then people love to give you $5 and then they tell their friends, "Oh yeah, that that guy who's running for office or or that woman who's now become the Senate um representative, she I gave her money. I helped her campaign." You know, people like to yeah. have that and it's not a selfish thing for them. It it but they feel like they're a part of it and And I know Kelly is great at making everyone feel like they're a part of it. But so are you. I saw you work with volunteers and and uh, and my daughter was a volunteer for Lauren Bresnahan, but still Mm -hmm. interacted with you quite a bit and really thought that you were really great at firing people up, making people feel Mm -hmm. comfortable. That's a big part of it. And and, uh, you know, some people have more of a natural um, you know, kind of outgoing personality to do that. I see that very much in you, and uh, but a lot of people have trouble with it. That's why there's a lot of great, um, great people. Who, they would make great legislators, but they're not the best candidate. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Have you noticed that? I know you've only worked with Kelly, but you've you've also kind of worked with other candidates or or witnessed other candidates. What do you think about? about that how how much of an advantage of just having an outgoing personality do you think it takes to be successful as a candidate yeah i think that's a really good question i think first and foremost it depends a lot on the district that you're running in yeah. um just just given the time that i've had so far in the legislature uh, i would also just say briefly that legislative staffers um, deserves so much credit for what goes on at the legislature and so much of the work is invisible. Um, yep. So if you know a legislative staffer or if you if you see one or hear of one, just um, make sure to express some appreciation for them because they do so much, so much work. And in my, I, I honestly think that it's it's more difficult than managing a campaign is just being a legislative assistant. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, some areas like maybe, maybe, um, in in rural parts of Minnesota, um, you know, where my my grandpa is a very stoic um, Finnish man, and 
he might gravitate more towards um, a candidate that matches that demeanor and, right. uh, you know, kind of just comes across as more serious. Um, but I think broadly it does really help um, for candidates to be, you know, outgoing and really express a lot of passion. Yeah. Um, be able uh, to read for, the room for, too, for, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, you know, if, if, if I think sometimes candidates who come across as, as kind of fed up and, and angry might get a bad rap, but I think a lot of people relate to that. There's a lot of people who are, who have, uh, you know, anger about what's going on in the world right now. Um, but I think, you know, having hope and joy in politics is, is something that um, is really important. And so many people don't associate those two things with politics anymore. So right. make sure that people know they can make a difference, like you said, and conveying that positivity is crucial. Right. And let's use this as a pivot. We do need to take a break, but you mentioned legislative assistant, which is what you are now. I, and I want to talk to you about that. I haven't talked to you about that yet at all. Um, so <laughs> when we come back, let's talk about legislative assistants. We'll talk about how to thank them and be aware that they put a lot of work in behind the scenes. So we're going to take a short break. You're listening to AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. We'll be right back. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Todd Mickelson in on the Matt McNeil Show. We've got Brett on the board. I'm here for one more day, uh, and then Matt will be back tomorrow. We have on the line uh, the legislative assistant for State Senator Kelly Morrison. Her name is Raina Meyer, and uh, she's a good friend of mine. And um, we're going to talk about – We she's worked her way up the ranks I'm not going to go through it again because we just talked about it. But um, I know that – I can't remember which bill it was because there's been so many uh, that have been passing of Kelly's bills. But I know that I w- saw you and her kind of celebrating about it like, on Facebook or Twitter or something. And I thanked you for all your hard work and that's what people need to do. You can go You can. You can go to the author of the bill's um, – legislative page and find out who their legislative assistant is. When you see who the legislative assistant is for any of uh, the elected officials down in the Capitol, you can be assured that that person put as much work probably as the uh, author of the bill. And I know uh, that you have been doing that, Raina. You just said that L, being an L.A. Le- legislative assistant is almost more challenging than being a successful campaign manager. Tell us about mm-hmm. – um, do you remember which bill that was? I can't remember which one it was. But she – tell t- pick pick a bill and talk about the adventure you had in trying to get that bill passed and what your job is in doing that to assist uh, Kelly. Yeah, um, I think what you might have been referring to is the Reproductive Freedom Defense Act. Yes, I think that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, so that that bill, uh, HF, or I'm sorry, Senate File 165, I believe it is. In case anyone wants to look it up, um, Reproductive Freedom Defense Act, which has been chief authored by Kelly Morrison, um, it would protect doctors and and physicians in Minnesota from. Uh, from from legal action and from other states uh, that have laws restricting abortion. So, for mm-hmm. example, if 
really um, any any reproductive care kind of i mean not just abortion exactly yeah so if someone comes from another state um that restricts reproductive care uh, to get care in Minnesota, the doctor could not be prosecuted by that restricting state. So it's a really important um, piece of legislation that would protect patients and providers. Um, and if, if you're not super familiar with the Senate uh, legislative process, which is totally understandable, not many people are, um, it, a bill usually has to go through at least one committee. Um, so the legislative assistance role in that is, uh, communicating with committee chairs, committee administrative, uh, assistance to make sure that a bill can get heard in a committee that it is relevant to. So for the Reproductive Freedom Defense Act, um, also known as RFDA, it needed to be heard in the Judiciary Committee, the Health and Human Services Committee, and I believe the State and Local Government and Veterans Committee. Um, so... What that looks like is communicating with those chairs. These chairs and their committee administrators have just packed schedules, especially in a session that we have a trifecta in with the House, Senate, and Governor all being Democratic. Um, so and that actually are- doing things, <laughs> actually yes, making bills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, it's the LA's job to make sure that those hearings are scheduled and um, we're communicating with any lobbyists that might be involved, any testifiers that want to come and support our bill, uh, any media staff at the Senate, too, to make sure that we're getting media coverage if we want that. Um, mm-hmm. So for every hearing, it's, it's a big preparation process, and the LAs are doing a lot to move that along. Um, and that's been the case with, with thousands, literally thousands of bills this session. I, I know that there's been over 3,000 introduced um, I believe in the Senate alone. So yeah. when you see that a bill is passed through a committee or it's headed to the floor, it's passed to the off the floor, there's a bunch of work that goes into that um, that is the result of a lot of collaboration between staff and members. Yeah, when I used to testify or help small business owners testify in committees, I never – talk to any of the uh, elected officials. I talk to the LAs, whether it be um, mm-hmm. legislative assistant for the committee itself or for one of the elected officials. And yeah. uh, which, so I would have gone through you, which I uh, go through you for other things when I want to communicate with Kelly as well. Um, mm-hmm. Even lining her up on the radio, uh, you were on vacation last week. So I luckily uh, bent, you know, stiff-armed her myself <laughs> through <laughs> through relentlessly texting her. Um, but normally I would go through you. And yeah. Kelly herself, so I interviewed her on Thursday and I said that she was the author of 40 bills and she said, well, it's actually more than that now. So mm-hmm. you have, she's probably the busiest, if uh, one of for sure, if not the busiest senator or maybe even legislator in Minnesota, one of the busiest probably in the country, and you Mm -hmm. are her L.A. So are there some bills much more than others that that are much harder to work, much more more work, I should say, to do, or or are these 40 bills tons of work on each one of them? Yeah, so the updated bill count for the amount that Kelly's chief authoring is over 100 now. Um, and we have, uh, I believe it's 37 that have been either inc- passed through committee to be included in an omnibus bill or passed to go to the Senate floor. 
So it's a huge amount of bills. And she's definitely in the top three or top five out of the, the senators in Minnesota for having the most introduced bills. Right. Um, and I think that's a really good question about the, the work behind each one. Um, I think for some of the bigger bills, for example, Kelly's carrying um, uh, the ranked choice voting implementation bill uh, yep. and that that bill has a huge um, huge support system behind it in Fairboat, Minnesota. So there are a lot of really hard workers that staff that organization that help us wrangle right. testifiers, prepare talking points, testimony, and all of that stuff. So in some sense, those bigger bills can be a bit more manageable yeah. um, because mm. there are a lot of people who care about them. Yeah, uh, and. And the smaller bills, sometimes the ones that are just introduced by ideas from constituents, those are those are really meaningful, and it it gives us a much more an opportunity to be much more hands on with the bill. So doing our own research, talking to constituents, and developing our own materials, figuring oh. out a strategy for that. Um, and a lot of that work is put on you. Yeah, me, me, and me and Kelly, and um, and whatever stakeholders are are in the district, we all work together to make sure that we can. We can get it done. And oftentimes, mm-hmm. you know, with those types of bills, with the smaller ones that are specifically impacting the district, we work with um, the House members sometimes, too, um, to, to, to make sure that those needs are getting met. Right. So when Kelly decides that she wants to introduce a new bill, mm-hmm. what happens between she and you? Yeah, that's a really good question. This is this is something that I didn't even know before starting this job, actually, is what the actual nitty-gritty process of a bill being introduced and passed through committee is. So um, there is an incredible department in the Senate um, called Senate Council uh, Research and Fiscal Analysis. So we call it SCRFA. <laughs> and um, it's, it's a department filled with really really accomplished, really intelligent um, researchers and fiscal analysts and and lawyers who help us uh, get bill language to a place that we want it to be at. So um, Kelly will say, you know, I want a bill that would uh, provide funding for a new bike trail in Minnetonka. And we would go to the relevant staff person in Senate Council and say, hey, can you drop some bill language that would reflect this funding? And they can drop that language. And then from there, um, if we're happy with it, we can tinker with it a bit if we want. But if we're happy with the language, we can go get it formatted in the form of a bill. The process is called jacketing. And then we can just introduce it on the Senate floor. Okay. Say, I know you said you could stick around till 3.30. Can you stick around for like five more minutes if I take a break? Can you come back? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Okay, because I have another question that you just put in my head. Um, but we need to take a break. You're listening to AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. We're talking to Raina Meyer, and we will be right back. If you want to run away with me, I know a galaxy and I can take you AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, Todd Mickelson, in on the Matt McNeil Show for one more day. And we're talking to Raina Meyer, who is the legislative assistant for Minnesota State Senator Kelly Morrison. And we're going through the process of when uh, Senator Morrison wants to make a new bill. What then is the interaction between she and Raina? And Raina, my next question that you kind of put in my head there with your last uh, point you made 
how you so you said basically Kelly says I want to write a bill I want it to be this and this and this and then you get in touch and she gets in touch with lawyers and all kinds of other people to get the wording right how did you yeah. how did you learn who to talk to when you're going to do that how how did you know what lawyers you can go to and and your all of your resources how did you learn that on your first day of being in LA yeah that's that's another great question um so on our first day we were kind of we were just thrown into session session was already happening and um we luckily have a really great support staff um to to that was there to help us become familiar as familiar as possible um with the legislative process um so we have um a legislative support supervisor who was just wonderful in you know, connecting us with all the right resources. We had PowerPoints to look over. We had handouts. We had charts and everything um, that I still refer to on probably a daily basis to see, okay, like if we want to induce, introduce a bill relating to environment, which which uh, Senate Council member uh, spe- uh, specializes in that area, who should I, who, not, who do I need to email um, to get feedback on that? Um, so it was really just a lot of kind of lecture style and discussion style trainings on, um, you know, things that things that you couldn't possibly know uh, going into the job right. um, from an outside perspective. Right. How nervous were you? Did you feel like, oh, my God, I'm starting to do something. I have no idea what I'm doing, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, especially for the first half of the first day, I think I felt that very acutely. Um, but something that really helped ease my nerves and and the imposter syndrome which which can be very real is um most of the other LAs came in with new senators um because uh we had a new trifecta and there were a lot of freshman senators a lot of new legislative assistants and we all we all know that we are smart and experienced and um and we were just thrown into an environment where we had to adapt. So it was really helpful to talk with other LAs and be like, do you understand this? I don't understand this. Yeah. And, you know, kind of exchange resources and just kind of serve as, as just general support um, to each other. And I've been really fortunate enough to make a lot of friends throughout throughout that, which I'm really grateful for. Yeah, that's great. Um, say, this is a little bit less comfortable, but have you had any kind of relationship like that with any LAs that work for Republicans? That's a good question. Um, not, not yet. Um, yeah. I, I, I have, I've had the pleasure of interacting with several very, um, very kind um, Republican staffers. Uh, but a lot of the work that we do, um, at least that I do, I'll speak for myself, um, has, has been limited pretty much to the DFL caucus. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's totally understandable. I know Kelly does do some bipartisan uh, interactions as well, mm-hmm. so I imagine it's yeah. in your future to to possibly work more closely with a LA from uh, the Republican side of the building. But um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, um, so uh, I'm I'm going to let you go, but I just have one more question. Last Thursday, you know, I had been trying to get Kelly to include within the omnibus bill something to make sure that my car got washed once a week and she has been turning me down. I thought she and I were close friends. I guess we're not as close as I thought. But you and I, 
you and yeah. I are close friends, and I realize you are the one with the power. So right. can you and I have a meeting about, about my car wash? Maybe you can still sneak it into the omnibus bill? That be something you'd feel comfortable doing? Well, I think that many Minnesotans—this is an issue that's on the minds of many Minnesotans right now, and um, and I think it, <laughs> I, I I would have to, you know, to serve the people of SB forty five. Let's let's get something on the calendar. Oh, for other people too is what you're saying. That actually, maybe I should have went that direction instead of just asking for myself. <laughs> would have been more no, successful. I, I've got a little spin on there. We can we'll make it work. Okay, all right. Raina Meyer, my actual friend, calling in. Thank you so much, and thanks for staying the extra 10 minutes, 11 minutes now. Um, it's so nice to talk to you, and I know you just flew in this morning and are getting back into the very, very busy end-of-session work time, and so we very much appreciate you coming in. This is a, a great outlook. I think it's super interesting because people don't think about this side of what's going on down at the state capitol. So thanks again, Raina Meyer, and I hope to see you sometime soon. Thanks so much for having me, 